0: Hey everybody, welcome to Season 2 of the Say What Again Billy podcast. This is Episode 30. The last time I recorded an episode, it was on July 11th or July 10th, I believe. I was on vacation. I sat down and did a podcast episode on vacation. It was my last episode of Season 1. And in Season 2, I hope to give all my paranormal fans all my fans of my podcast. A really great season filled with great categories and lots of details and lots of paranormal news. I was very excited to get this podcast episode filmed today because I have a lot of content and I have a lot of new things as well. If you guys are a fan of my show and have been listening since the beginning, I got an intro song from one of my best friends who was on the show, Joey Valentino, I have to give him a plug, he's a very talented individual when it comes to music and guitar playing, and you're going to be hearing some new music on season 2, my intro song has been tweaked, Um, I have some new background music, which you probably hear playing right now. And I would like to thank him at the beginning of this episode of Season 2. Because he does work hard for me. And we talk about certain subjects with regards to the paranormal. And he's been a very big influence in my podcast. And someone I find as a confidant in my podcast. And he's just been wishing me much luck. And uh, here I am for Season 2, Episode 30. Um, in paranormal news, The Conjuring... The franchise itself has grossed over $20 billion. So the Warrens, Ed and Lorraine Warren, have actually been making out like bandits from the great beyond. And the people, I actually really don't know who did the whole idea to get The Conjuring out there. But going with The Conjuring as a horror movie and releasing it and going based off the stories of Ed and Lorraine Warren has been a great idea because the movie franchise has grossed over $20 billion. Now, in other news, I actually had a video sent to me from my brother, and it's actually a very crazy chain of, um, how should I say it, how it got to me. It was a video from my friend, uh, my brother's friend rather, um, something that it was his brother's girlfriend. But to make it up, sum it up to not sound and ramble on, to not sound crazy and ramble on here. The video was sent to me and it basically has two women in it that had just moved into this apartment in Manhattan. And in the video, you see the one girl playing. game. I don't know what it's called. It's where the ring is on a wire and you toss it from your hands and try to latch it onto a hook. And there is something in the doorway that was there in the camera view. You can't really make it out and then it just shoots out of frame. It was one of the best paranormal videos I have seen sent to me that was not on a show. I did take the clip and wrote to the Paranormal Court on Camera uh, TV show to try to get that clip out there, letting them know that I do not have permission for the individual that is on camera if they wanted to blur it out. But I, ha- I did, however, send the video clip in because I do not think people that filmed this actually want it to be out there or be sent in. I think they want to be done with the situation. From what I gather and I've heard, the people weren't in there very long. The, women, the woman and her boyfriend um, there was two girls in the video, one was recording, one was playing the game when they caught this thing on cl- on camera, but to my knowledge, they actually moved out of the, the apartment, and it was in Manhattan, not sure where, I'm trying to get the details of everything, but they moved out of the apartment, they showed the landlord, um, they broke the lease, but they showed the landlord the video footage, and they ended up moving out of this apartment. So for paranormal news, I started with the Ed and Lorraine Warren, the... Uh, conjuring franchise how it grossed over 20 billions and then just some news of something that was sent to my to, to me through my brother and his friends uh, I will try to put the clip out there on Instagram and give the backstory on my Instagram um, so that you guys can actually see what I'm talking about if you follow along on my podcast uh, it's something that like I said it's one of the best paranormal video clips I have gotten sent to me physically seen on my phone from know sources of my brother and his friends and it's just something that was just pretty crazy if you see the video i wish i had the skills to blur out the individual in this so that you can see the entire clip but i do have a short slow-mo version of it and you can see what i'm talking about so to kick off season two of the say what again billy podcast episode 30 i actually wanted to go into something called divine artifacts Now, in the world of paranormal, sometimes we hear about things of religion, having an artifact or things from biblical eras and the Bible, being out there, and do they exist? Do they have these special powers? Now, if you are a fan of Indiana Jones, you know that out of the four movies made, Indiana Jones-wise, in two of those movies, Dr. Henry Jones Jr., went on an archaeological quest to find two artifacts from the Bible. One was the first one, Raiders of the Lost Ark, was the Ark of the Covenant. And in the third movie, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, with Sean Connery, rest in peace, he was out to find the Holy Grail. Which, if you follow Indiana Jones, Henry Jones Sr. was the one that initially started the entire quest to find the Holy Grail. In the movie, we see that when they discover these certain artifacts from the Bible, the Ark of the Covenant and the Holy Grail, that these specific religious items happen to have a biblical power, which in essence turns to a nuisance or turns to crap, let's just say, at the end of the movies, as we've seen with Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. And I have selected three biblical, how should I say, artifacts or things of mystery that we hear about and we know of via the Bible. But are they real? Are they out there? And what is their biblical power? So I wanted to start with the Holy Grail, which was the chalice of Jesus Christ. The Holy Grail, or Holy Chalice, the last location of the Holy Grail in the Bible was the Last Supper. That was the first time that we seen the Holy Grail. It would also be the last time that we hear about it or see about or see it or talk about it. Well, we don't really see it, but we know about it from the Bible. Matthew chapter 26, verses 27 to 28. That is when we hear about the Holy Grail. There are some scholars that believe the Last Supper actually never happened. However, the search for the Holy Grail did take place after the events. To now. King Arthur embarked on a grail journey because, as in the last Crusade movie, the grail possesses powers of not of this earth. It is not certain whether the grail was taken to or who had it. Thoughts on the person who buried it was Jesus' friend or a person that buried Jesus Christ, Joseph of Arimathea. He was the one who took the grail, supposedly, with him and apparently traveled to Britain. Now, I do not know why Joseph of Arimatheus went to Britain. It's something that I found in my research, but Joseph of Arimatheus was the one who put Jesus in the tomb pushed the circular stone and covered him up. And as we know the story, Jesus was in there for three days. So apparently Joseph Arimatheus was the one who took the grail and then it disappeared. And to this day, we do not know. There are some scholars, scientists, and archaeologists that do believe that the Last Supper never took place. But if you have faith and you are a Catholic Christian, um, you believe that the events in the Bible um, are all accurate the um present belief is now that the possibly the Grail is located in various places some believe the Glatzenbury, England some it's uh it's believed to be in Glatzenbury, England yeah it's a tongue twister there some say the Knights Templar had discovered the cup and at the temple of Jerusalem and hid it now, the Knights Templar were people that went on to religious crusades. They said to protect anything that was religious that correlated with Jesus or the Bible. So, the belief or the theory that is the Knights Templar took the grail and put it in the confines or the area of Glatzenbury, England. Um, and that's what people believe. These are all hypotheses. These are all theories. But to be honest with you, the only time that we heard of the grail or the chalice and it was very minute, was at the Last Supper where Jesus raised the grail or the chalice and said, this is my blood, drink this to remember me, uh, so on and so forth, and that was the last time that we heard of the grail. And it is depicted in the famous photo of the Last Supper. You do see it on the table, and uh, Jesus' apostles are among the picture. Um, So, This is also something from History.com. In a newly published book, which I believe was around the 2015 to 2020 mark, um, there are people that believe the Holy Grail was actually found. In a newly published book, Los Reyes del Grail, a medieval lecturer, I'm going to possibly butcher these names, so bear with me, um, a medieval lecturer named Margarita Torres and his historian Jose Miguel Ortega del Rio claim the Holy Grail lays away in a, in the Basilica of San Lisidro in the northern Spanish city of Leon um, Now the picture of the Grail from this research that I have done from these medieval researcher and um, philosopher, I've actually seen the picture from what they claim is in this certain uh cathedral or place and it seems to be gold or copper with stones in it. Now, if I'm not going by a movie that is fictitious, but a carpenter who devoted spreading the word of his, you know, his father, God, would not have a chalice that is bejeweled. It's not something that Jesus would have. And in the movie, The Last Crusade, Indiana Jones selects the chalice that is pretty much the least um, eye-catching. It's just a regular chalice that's just very bland. And if you are a Indiana Jones fan, you do remember that the first person before him took and chose a cup and you know, gulped up the water from this this bowl and drank from it. And he essentially aged at rapid speed and deteriorated. And the knight Templar that was there protecting the resting place of the Holy Grail um, told the man after he passed away that you chose poorly. When Indiana Jones took the very bland and plain chalice and drank from the goblet of water, scooped it up into the chalice and drank from it, The Knight Templar that was protecting the tomb says you chose wisely, but beware that you cannot take the grail from the crest inside of the tomb that they had founded in the movie. But the point I'm trying to make is Indiana Jones chose a plain chalice, and this chalice That these two people claim to um, know where it is, the picture of it depicts it as gold with gemstones in it, and that is not something that, if you read the Bible, Jesus would do. Jesus was pretty much poor his entirety of his life. He was a carpenter um, with his father that, you know, taught him the skills, and matter of fact, to be honest with you, Jesus technically wasn't really a carpenter. The area that he lived lacked wood, and wood would be very kind of scarce, so it is a very big running theory that Jesus was in fact a stonemason, um, creating things out of stone and what have you, Um, and this is something off subject that I don't know how I got onto WFAN Sports Talk Radio and talked about uh, this particular subject about Jesus not being a carpenter. Um, with Boomer and Geo from WFAN, The Morning Show. Um, and I do have the audio from that saved in my phone because uh, I was talking to Boomer Siason. Um So, to be honest with you, is the grail out there? You know, I have faith. I'm Catholic. Um, there are things in the past few years that have happened that make me question certain things. And if you listen to previous podcast episodes, I got into discussing um, some of those things. Um, maybe my second to last episode, I believe it was. Um, But all in all, I do have faith. And um, at one point in my life, I wanted to become a priest. Um, That's probably a little bit of a tidbit that you guys don't know. But, you know, my close friends and family know this, but I was very religious, wanted to become a priest, served a lot of um, masses as an altar server. So I have the faith. But, you know, as I grew up, I began to become a person that, goes in the middle and listens to the left, listens to the right, and I just make my own assumptions after gathering information, and I go from there. Now, being that in the Bible, which we are supposed to believe, um, because, to be honest with you, there are very small percentages of things in the Bible that we have found to actually make the Bible um, a accurate source of information for Catholics and for you know Christians, so on and so forth, if in the Bible the Grail was only seen or talked about one time, it makes it something so hard to track down. With an assumption that Joseph of, Joseph of Arimatheus took it and uh, you know it went to 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 Britain of all places, you know that's quite the travel at that time period to make it all the way to you know to Britain. So this is just a big assumption. So you know things that are looked for in archaeology. And in science, we have more clues and hints to where it may be, essentially. And judging that we're going on a book that is essentially written by tons of people, and we've only heard about this certain thing only once, it makes it really hard to decipher if it was real or not. It's almost as a tall tale or, or a folklore that the grail might be out there. And certain things, like, with these certain things that we don't hear too much of, you know, there's not a lot to go by. So, essentially, this is all a story. Is the grail out there? Does it have some kind of power? Well, if you're a believer in, you know, in the Bible, you know, the grail is out there somewhere. You know, in fact, there is a story of Jesus. You know, it is proven that there was a Jesus. But being that we only heard of the grail one time, and we really don't know, essentially, where the Last Supper was and and where Joseph Amar- uh, Amarathia actually went, we can't really know, pinpoint that this chalice that was, you know, talked about recently is actually the real chalice and or grail of Jesus Christ. So, the grail is one of the, you know, top three or top four, and I'm only speaking about three things here, and I'll give some o- honorable mentions. One of the, artifacts, divine artifacts, that we talk about, you know, wondering if it's out there. And to, you know, I would say it was—it would probably be one of the hardest to find. We don't know the size of the chalice. We don't know exactly what it was made of. So this thing could be deteriorated, broken, cracked, or be in pieces, or maybe not exist. But it's something that if we were looking for, it, it would be very hard to track down, being that it was just a cup. Now, Next on the list would be the Ark of the Covenant. Again, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Ark of the Covenant was something that Indiana Jones looked for. Now, in real time and true story, Adolf Hitler had a very high interest in the occult. It was said that Adolf Hitler had a group of men specifically out to find things that were basically paranormal, that had mythological powers. And one of the things that Hitler had his Nazis or SS men go after was, in fact, the Ark of the Covenant. And depicted in Spielberg's Raiders of the Lost Ark was the whole story of this you know, fictional character, Indiana Jones, going after, the Ark of, going after the Ark of the Covenant, potentially to find it and stop the Nazis from finding this biblical power. Now, the Ark of the Covenant, now this is, we're going to get into some truth here. We're going to use some Wikipedia, so I'm just going to let you know that some of this information is from Wikipedia.com. According to the book of Exodus, God told Moses to build the Ark during his 40-day stay upon Mount Sinai. He was shown the pattern of the tabernacle and the furnishings of the Ark. He was told to make it out of shittim wood, if I don't know if I said it right, probably cursed a little bit there, but I did not mean to. It is spelled S-H-I-T-T-I-M, Shittim Wood, which is something the Hebrews um, use predominantly and was in that area. So, essentially, God told them to use the wood that was provided in the area Shittim Wood to the house the tablets of the stones, aka the Ten Commandments. Now, like Noah's Ark, which we're going to get into, God gave detailed instructions on how to construct the Ark of the Covenant. cubits in length, 1.5 in breadth, and and 1.5 inches in height, approximately 131 by 79 by 79, Um, or 52 by 31 by 31 inches. I don't know if I have the math right there with it, but that was the um, numbers that I had got. It would be gilded entirely with gold and a crown or molding of gold to be around it. Four rings of gold are to be attached to its four corners, two on each side, and through these rings, staves of shit and wood again um, with gold for carrying the ark, to be inserted and these were not to be removed. A golden lid, the cab- caperet which is uh, I didn't I don't know if I pronounced it right again. I'm sorry, it's spelled K A P P O R E T, Caporet, which actually translates to the mercy seat or sheath, which is uh, a ornament with two golden cherubim Cherubim, which is these uh, lion-like or bird-like looking things with big wings, is to be placed on top of the ark. Uh, if you did watch Indiana Jones and in the last—I mean, sorry, Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark—you they did uh, depict the ark of the covenant pretty accurately, um, and essentially carried the ark the way it should be carried. Um, a lot of religious movies—if you watched it—it's depicted pretty much accurately. The people that carried the ark of the covenant were only instructed to carry it by these poles, these uh, shittin woods, um, and carry it around that way. Um, So, Moses had strict instructions from God on Mount Sinai on how to construct the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the last known biblical location of the Ark of the Covenant, now this is the last location, as I did with the Grail, this is the last location that the Ark of the Covenant was in, in the Bible. So, the Last Supper of the Grail was just to be heard of then, at the Last Supper, and that was the last location, the first and last location. The Ark of the Covenant, the last known biblical location, was Solomon's Temple, was the last location inside the inner room named the Kodesh Ikodashim. After the Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem and Solomon's Temple, there is no record of what became of the Ark. Now, the Ark did bounce around. Um, I don't have the time to go into depth of how much the Ark moved around, but the Ark did, in fact, move around. It actually went through a little bit of a war where the um, Israelites had carried it through, a little like a war zone type thing per se, and carried it through there. Um, So, it did bounce around, but the last known location of the Ark of the Covenant was actually Solomon's Temple. Um, The powers of the Ark. Now, the cup of Christ, the chalice of Christ, was just something Jesus used for the Last Supper. Um, There is, you know, just roaming theories that the chalice possesses powers that if you found the chalice and obtained it, things can happen. Now, in the Last Crusade, it was said to give you eternal life. In the movie, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, his father, depicted and played by... um, John Connery, he got shot and they forced Indiana Jones to go into this basically stages of booby traps to obtain the grail to give it to the person that was the bad guy in the movie Um, and when Indy came out with the grail he poured the water from the cup onto the bullet wound, and it, was, it healed um, his father in the movie. Now, no one really knows about the Grail and, and or if it has any powers, but the Ark of the Covenant, on the other hand, is said to have some insane abilities. It's been talked about on ancient aliens. It's been talked about in the Bible. God gave strict orders never to look inside, um, carry it certain ways when it was parked Let's just say when it was not moving around, it was covered up. So the powers of the Ark um, essentially is to vaporize. Um, in, the, in the Raiders of the Lost Ark movie, at the end of the movie when the Nazis had obtained the uh, the Ark of the Covenant, they opened it. And Indiana Jones told his um, person that was tailing him the entire movie, the girl, the token girl in every Indiana Jones movie, Miriam to close her eyes, do not look at the Ark no matter what. They were tied to a pole. um, The Nazis had captured them. They opened the Ark. Indy told Miriam not to look. And essentially, all the Nazis that were there were pretty much vaporized, which in mentions of ancient aliens, uh, we get into how they assumed the Ark could have been some kind of nuclear power given to the Israelites by other beings from another planet. But... The Nazis were vaporized, so on and so forth. And there is an actual story where the Philistines took the Ark. They basically stole the Ark and essentially brought it back to the Israelites because when they had stole the Ark, I don't know what they did, but they started to get tumors and became deathly ill. And they actually brought it back to the Israelites so they can get it out of their hands. So they stole it and things of unnatural, like nature, started happening to them. Tumors, sickness, people were dying, and they brought it back to the Israelites. Um, but the last lone, known location, after all this, was the Solomon's Temple, and we don't know where the Ark is now. There are some theories of where it could possibly be. Um I read and watched a documentary from uh, Josh Gates. Josh Gates is one of the most famous people on travel and discovery. He goes to all these places. I believe in like Ethiopia or Nigeria, there is this temple, and they are it's said to be there. Um, I have to say something. if the Ark of the Covenant was actually somewhere and it was confirmed, you don't know how powerful the Vatican is and the Pope they would have people go there and take that Ark and put it on a plane and do some Indiana Jones movie-esque stuff and bring it to the Vatican where we would never know what happened to it. Um, he spoke to Josh Gates in this episode, spoke to this high priest there that is said to be the guard there until he passes away and someone else is assigned the guard duty of the Ark. I It was one person with no weapons, just a staff, and he had to be in his 70s, 80s. There is no way that Ark is there. It's just not happening. If we knew the Ark was actually there, there would be some kind of covert ops missions to go and investigate the confines of this temple, see if the Ark is there, and they would get it out. There is no way this thing is in any third world country, rather, that it's guarded by one person. So, is the Ark of the Covenant real? Now, as opposed to the Grail, where we only hear about it on one occasion, the Last Supper, the Ark of the Covenant is talked about A lot in the Bible and through history. And Adolf Hitler himself believed in the occult and many other things and actually sent some of his soldiers out on missions to try to obtain the Ark of the Covenant to use it for powers for the Nazi army of, you know, during World War II. So, you know, people have interest in the Ark. It's been portrayed in movies. So, indefinitely, there has to be something, um, there has to be truth to it. There's a lot of speaking of it and the Ark of the Covenant is one of the most biblical artifacts, well, one of the most biblical artifacts sought out by archaeologists and could possibly be out there obtaining, essentially, powers from the great beyond or from powers from God. And also, remember, the, the rules of God, the Ten Commandments, are said to be stored in the Ark of the Covenant. Um, now, one of the other things that has been talked about through the years, and has said to be seen, and have had findings of it, is Noah's Ark. Okay, now, Noah's Ark, it was one of the first stories in the Bible where God wanted to basically start the world, or the earth, over, and told Noah and his family that he has, you know, X amount of time to build this gigantic vessel, and what essentially was going to happen was God was going to flood the earth and start over. So, I'm going to give you some details about that. Again, Moses had got strict orders on how to build the ark. God gave Noah strict instructions, which it would be Noah first, then Moses. But, God gave Noah strict instructions on how to build the ark. Genesis chapter 6, verses 14 through 16, the ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Now, cubits is believed to equal 18 inches. After building this massive, and I mean massive, vessel, Noah had to gather two of every type of animal and put them onto the boat, which was said to, after the Great Reset happened and the flood happened and the the waters would subside, those animals were to be released, and basically they were to mate and reproduce, and that's why Noah had to go and get the entire, basically, animal kingdom and put it onto this boat. The last known location of Noah's Ark is in the Bible. The Ark landed on the mountains of Mount Ararat. Pope John Paul II actually had declared in a homily in Yervin's St. Gregory the Illuminator Cathedral. He said in his homily these words, We are close to Mount Ararat, where tradition says that the Ark of Noah came to rest. Now, in the Bible, it says um, that his boat, Noah's Ark, did rest on this mountaintop because it was one of the first mountaintops to... Um, you could see in the water when it started subsiding. It was one of the first mountaintops that was visible, and the boat came to rest there. It's in the Bible. Um, And I'll get into a little something right here. Now, from the Bible to today, modern time, real life. Some claim that the rock-shaped formation on Mount Ararat to this day shows a huge vessel formation. And even Christian explorers claim they have found wood that when carbon dated goes back to 4,800 years ago. Some archaeologists and scientists do not agree. Now, the fact of the matter is, some people say not to take the Bible and the words in it quite literally. Um, there are is a debate where the Bible is X amount of years ago, as opposed to scientists today and archaeologists saying the Earth is 45 or 50, whatever million years old. If you're going by the Bible, when God. Quote unquote," created everything and did what he did through the course of the Bible, you are taking the Bible literally and it is the earth is not, in fact, that old. Now, you cannot ask me and I cannot get into a conversation right now on how scientists and so on and so forth determine the age of earth, but if you're going on Bible and you're going on science, it is two different math equations. And, in fact, the people that supposedly at this site dug up a piece of wood, they carbon dated it and it went back to about 4,800 years ago. Now, science is going to disagree with that because they say the earth is a lot older and the Christian and Catholics that take the Bible literally will say it is going off the Bible and the Bible's timeline. Now, the ark, Noah's ark, didn't really have anything biblical power-wise. It was something that was built to protect Noah and his family and essentially restart mankind and all the animals on earth to be saved and reproduce and go on from there. But I'll do something different instead of going into biblical powers as I did with the Grail and the Ark of the Covenant. The, I just want to put into perspective, and like I said, I'm in the middle here, I just wanted to put into perspective how hard and complicated this would have been during Noah's time on this earth at the time he was living in. In Kentucky, they built a life-size replica of Noah's Ark, okay? It cost over like five or ten or some crazy number, million dollars, countless people to build the Ark, okay? And it took quite some time. Noah only had... I I believe Noah only had 40 days and 40 nights as Moses had to build the Ark of the Covenant. So, to build something that big and then go out and get the animals and, you know, I've had talks with people that are, you know, very faithful to the Bible and Catholicism and Christians and so on and so forth. They always seem to say, well, maybe at that time, the animals there weren't that much. That's what they say. So, let's just say that they were going with just minimal animals and not every single animal on the earth. It's still quite the feat to put all these animals inside the boat. And for 40 days and 40 nights, um, when they were on the water, just water everywhere... Noah and his family would have to cater to every single animal, clean up the feces, clean up the pee, uh, feed the animals, care for them, and basically keep these animals in bay the entire time they are on this boat. Um, I spoke to a friend, the one who is on and off believing in UFOs, one week he believes, one week he doesn't. He seems to believe that God essentially gave Noah um, powers and watched over him the entire boat ride until the water subsided so that the animals would never be hungry and Noah's family would never be hungry. It is a great theory, but, you know, sometimes with faith and science, you know, essentially I, I do realize that if you believe in the Bible and you have your faith, essentially that created science. And some people don't think that way. But if you're going to meet them in the middle, some of these things are impossible. And there's really, to my knowledge, and I'd have to ask certain friends about this, any kind of notation that God helped Noah on this extravagant journey and mission, essentially. It was just build, gather, put them on the boat, and wait for the flood to be over. Um, Now, there can be some points that are wrong, and there are to people that I will specifically ask to listen to this episode to correct me and talk about this. But, you know, that is a feat at that time to do the impossible. When in Kentucky, this life-size Ark replica took months, if not a year and change, to build with numerous amounts of people. We're talking about Noah and his family building this gigantic boat and then going above and beyond to gather animals and bring the animals onto the boat. Now, backtrack. Is the Noah's Ark the Ark on Mount Ararat to this day? I don't know. The shows that I watch and the things that I read, there's conflict there. And this image, there is an image that resembles a boat on Mount Ararat. The problem is that the Turkish government, because this mountain is in Turkey um has not really given anyone the permission to dig there. Um almost like the temple where the Ark of the Covenant is in, you know, supposedly Nigeria or Ethiopia or wherever it is, wherever it is, no one can actually go inside and see it to see if it's true. Well, if the Turkish government really wanted to know or or the country of Turkey wanted to know if they are housing Noah's Ark, I would give permission, unless they know something that we don't know or have been given orders elsewhere. There is a boat shape image on Mount Ararat in Turkey. is the boat essentially there? I don't know now there's I watched something the other day where this Christian evangelist archaeologist went to this area and you know the the nose of the boat is pointing up and if it was you know ar- um, geographically, uh, wrong. The, the the boat with nose would be pointing down. And he says it's pointing up and it does look like a shape of a boat, but in that specific area, there had been glacier, glaciers and they make formations and it's just, to some, a very peculiar shape or formation. To believers, it could possibly be the ark that Noah and his family were on. Now, the this is something that we see a lot As far as if you have faith and you want to believe, you know, you pull a potato chip out of a bag and you can see the Virgin Mary on it. You know, your mind will make you believe in whatever you want it to believe in, conspiracies and so on and so forth. So this particular area in Turkey on Mount Ararat, it does look like a boat, but is it a boat? We, We will never know until the permission is granted to go and dig and potentially see what's under there it's either they'll get the permission and dig and find a boat, and if they do, that's a substantial, probably if not the most, biggest archaeological find in the world, finding something biblical, because that would answer many questions and say the Bible was accurate and this actually did in fact happen. If they did get permission and found nothing, then it just leads to it wasn't there and the Bible's not accurate or it never happened. So, from the cup of Christ, to the Ark of the Covenant, to Noah's Ark. These divine artifacts, are they out there? And if they are, do they have powers? And is everything accurate? It's There's been movies, stories, TV shows about all three. Uh, Jonathan Heston, the Ten Commandments, and all his movies that he was in, that I used to watch when I was in Catholic school from... Pfft, third grade all the way to basically when I was in high school you know it's depicted in movies, it's in TV shows, it's in stories, it's in kid books, it's in the Bible. Do these things actually exist? There's many things in this world that we do not know. There's many things in this world that are still not found. Talks of Atlantis, talks of gold, talks of other things, weapons and jewels and trinkets and necklaces and clothing remains and burial and mobsters that hit things that we have never found. So the possibility is always there. If you are one with your religion and you have faith, you believe. If you are a scientist and archaeologist, you go on by facts. Divine artifacts. It could be real. It could be fake. It is your judgment and your mind to determine whether or not they are actually there. So I basically gave, in the middle right there, where they were located in the Bible, what happened now, and potentially the powers that they quote-unquote have. It is just, like I said, it's your determination to see if it is real or not. And um, in my opinion, as I stand in the middle, you know, the most believable one would probably be the Ark of the Covenant. It's talked about the most. You know, throughout the Bible, it was in history, um, it was moved around a lot. The Grail and Noah's Ark was just mentioned vaguely, briefly, um, and the Ark had great detail in the building, um, And the grail was just not talked about. It was just in one part of the Bible and never heard of ever again. Lots of theories. Um, The Ark of the Covenant had detail and building and so did Noah's Ark. And it was, you know, those two were talked about a lot more than the grail. So if I had to believe any of them, It would probably be the Ark of the Covenant, and I'd like to believe it is out there. It is in some temple in a third world country or in some little village. I highly, highly doubt that. If it was around and anyone knew about it, uh, the Pope and the Vatican City, it's underground there and it is hidden and trying to be studied. And if it in fact does have biblical powers, they're not opening it. It's just going to be there. But to make it public and say hey we you know we found the ark of the covenant that would be that would be something but uh, we will never know it's just stories stories and a story that made it to my podcast which I'd like to thank the anchor app for giving me the opportunity to film season 2 episode 30 today it was really fun i was itching to get back um Hope everybody likes Season 1, and I hope everyone's going to enjoy Season 2 because I have a lot in store. So i like to thank the Anchor app for giving me the opportunity. I will be running these episodes bi-weekly. Um, you can catch an episode every other week. Uh, this is Episode 30, Season 2. You can catch me on social media, Twitter and Instagram, underscore. SWAB_p- podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. You can go there and see my stories and my posts. I will be trying to post that ghost video that I got that I mentioned earlier in the news segment of my episode. And until next time, this has been another episode of the Say What Again Billy podcast.